you figured, oh, yeah, here it is. Here's the first step with him. Yeah. And he's going to be... He's going down a different road than I am. A statement here of, I don't believe in the system, and I'm going to start throwing out all the things that are part of that system. And I thought, oh, where is this going to end up? And I just remember looking at you and just freezing and saying, oh, no, are you really going to do that? We aspire to become awakened beings, to live in harmony with the truth of life. From Vast Noodle Media, I'm Trent Bell. This is Knowing and Believing, a podcast about how we believe. Welcome to episode number two of Knowing and Believing. Amber Sue Rice Bell, my wife, has agreed to come on and share her experience of how we've been able to stay together and work through this very difficult process, which I really appreciate because I know it's probably very difficult for you. So our history, we met in grade school. Fourth grade and sixth grade. Fourth grade and sixth grade. We didn't really talk or anything then, but we went to the same grade school and I was aware of you and you were probably aware of me. I remember you dunking volleyballs in seventh and eighth grade mm-hmm. after school. Had a crush on someone else other than me, but that's okay. <laughs> that, that's in the past. Uh, and then we met again in college and I remember thinking, wow, she's really cute, but I could never date someone that looked like my principal because your father was my 7th and 8th grade principal and teacher, which is interesting. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then probably a year, no, later that summer, we started working at a camp together, and your vivacious, if that's the right word, smiley, uh, polar opposite to me was very attractive. We started hanging out eventually, and dating and you felt that you had found, wow, here's someone who believes just like me. This is amazing. I love it. I've looked for this my whole life. And you were very happy about that. And so I convinced you to marry me. And then you realized you married someone who had some very controlling, manipulative tendencies and everything else. And you had a hard time admitting that for about 10 years. And then finally we're like, Trent, we need to talk about this. And we talked about it. It was very difficult for me as it had been for you for long time but since then we've been able to grow from that and I've I've tried to do my best to realize my shortcomings with very very much having controlling uh, manipulative skill set <laughs> uh, um, and I'm sure that was very difficult for you to I did not realize difference. that you had a little bit of choleric, if you want to call that. Closet choleric. Closet choleric. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were a, the laid back um, opposite to hang my... Out. You could have <laughs> yeah, led the whole right. time and I will not be led. No. So we haven't had a perfect go of it, but I definitely believe that uh, you are the best thing that's ever happened to my life. Thank you, love absolutely the best thing that's ever happened in my life. It's been very difficult at times, but that's just marriage. And, uh, and I'm glad that you never gave up on me, obviously, and finally decided to have a sit down with me and talk to me about (laughs) how I was, uh, you know, running things into the ground. And yeah, and we got past that. And then my faith started to fall apart. And that was kind of then round two, I guess. So that's, basically where this starts off. So um, 
again, my, my compliments to you, though. You are a very uh, intelligent, extremely intelligent person, very highly educated, uh, very patient and long-suffering, as, as is our marriage is an example of your <laughs> long-sufferingness. Uh, I do enjoy your company, dear. Good. <laughs> um, and you are, you're definitely not one to just take the lead of whoever you're around. You have very strong personal opinions that you will not be swayed from. Um, it's not that you won't consider things, but you're um, definitely... Uh, not a willow blown in the wind. N- nope. Nope. You're more like a piece of... <laughs> granite <laughs> that kind of moves at a glacial speed of change and okay. that's fine mm-hmm. um so i'll try and not capitalize the conversation here as can happen in discussions with me so uh um tell well, me the story you're a great storyteller she's a great you. storyteller so <laughs> well, i'll just start and say that um when i met you at summer camp it had been following a time when my mother was up visiting and we had just prayed, um, Lord, I don't know what you have for my life, but um, if there is someone that you wish me to be with that loves you and I would like to marry a man who has a strong relationship with you and is a good Christian. And I felt strongly the avoidance of being unequally yoked and finding a spiritual partner as well as a life partner who had similar beliefs, especially knowing that we were going to have children together and wanting to raise them to have a relationship with God. so Which is a good segue into her. <laughs> yes. So those are my expectations Whoops. in a husband, you know, a life partner, was that when I chose someone, they would walk with me um, in a desire to serve God together and to raise our family in that vein. So, um, but I also had an experience in my life where I questioned in my before I had even met you is there a God can I believe in him can I have a relationship with him so I had gone through the experience of um, my own questioning of my faith and I believe that you can't just take the faith of someone else and hold it as your own you have to have your own experience so while it's difficult timing for you to go through this because we have young children I fully approve of someone going through a faith journey so it's not that I I'm not upset by it or not um, I'm not even really threatened by it as long as I don't feel that you are going so far away from it that you desire to take the children with you or desire to stop me from trying to instill in the children what I feel are good Christian values of integrity and honesty. And I think you share those values with me still, even though you're struggling with your faith. Yeah. I I feel that all, all of our core values are still there. It's kind of the, the, what, what originates and instigates those values has changed, which has some, fingers stretching into your day-to-day lives that that can cause issue yeah so my I guess I'm not the other thing is I spend a lot of time in prayer for you and the boys in the morning um and you know the be anxious for nothing but make your requests known for before the Lord and he will give you the peace that passes all understanding and guard your heart and mind in Christ like I feel that um I have a peace in 
knowing that not only do I care and love for you and our boys, but that God does even more than me and he desires the best for you as well. I've asked, you know, God to walk alongside me every day in my journey with you and the boys in being a wife and a mother. And so a lot of anxiety that I might feel around the situation is also tempered by my faith that I'm not alone in this journey and that God is with me in loving you and desiring a relationship with you and in loving my boys. So I guess it is definitely a concern that you're going through this, but not a, I don't really feel, the only threat I feel is to whether or not you would stop me from raising the boys with an openness to accept God into their life or the character of God into their heart as well. Yeah, and I I've I know that, you know, we got married as both believing the same thing. And from the beginning I I knew <laughs> I knew you well enough being the large chunk of granite that you are, uh, that, you know, you would not be uh, easily swayed and that it would be destructive to our entire you know, relationship and family if I were to just kind of like, well, I believe this way now, and so I'm just going to rip this whole thing this way, and we're going to go. I just knew that that was not, it was like, you know, turning a uh, aircraft carrier. It's just not going to happen like that. And that, first of all, that the core principles that I value of Christianity that I think are good, we still 100% agree on. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some cultural and uh, I don't know what you call them, but technical beliefs of the Adventist church that I have very strong issue with, but it, to me it's a little more of a choose your battles and focus on the positive um, and don't overreact for I, me as the approach. I also don't feel any um, allegiance to one system over God. In other words, my my allegiance first is to God and my relationship with him solely. I don't feel I need any person or any system as a pathway to God. So I'm, I'm okay with your journey and my faith is in God who said, I'm the author and the finisher of your faith. If I be lifted up, I'll draw amen to myself. And I claim scripture and prayer in that I guess my biggest concern with what you're going through was that you would harden your heart to being open to God in your life or that you would try to stop me from um, sharing faith with the boys which you haven't done I knew from the beginning personally that I would be at risk in this journey of wanting to insist on only a I will only accept objective evidence for what I will believe. I, I knew from the beginning that the risk in this is the, um, you know, the, there's a term for it, but there's a lack of completeness, if you will, to only accepting objective evidence for what you will believe or do or anything else. and. I saw that in discussions I would have with atheists or or primarily atheists that were very Gnostic atheists, very hardliner uh, atheists that that came across as angry or hurt by something that then 
no, it has, I'm never going to be fooled by that again. And that, that's kind of, uh, I don't know, premonition I had going into this, knowing that what are the risks as I start to question this, um, you know, there's risks both ways. And that the, the one way was I could become someone who, you know, you could become a nihilist that like, there is absolutely no meeting. What's the purpose of anything? The objective evidence states that we're pretty much just a scum of bacteria on the earth and we'll die a slow heat death over a few billion years and that's it. You know, that can be a pretty, um, pretty, uh, pretty Lonely bad, view. <laughs> pretty bad existence. Um, so what, what would be your take on or advice to, um, another spouse, husband or wife, uh, or wife or wife or husband, husband, whose significant other is going through this, who might be, well, it would, it would then be a wife, husband situation for this question. But, um, if a significant other is going through losing faith and they're part of a religion that is, is so adherent and so literal that were the other spouse to lose that faith. A lot of other people's stories I've heard, like the person going through the loss of faith, their biggest worry was like, I'm going to lose my family. Yeah. Um, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? And did you, did you experience that? It's like, is it, did you go through those emotions of possibly, is it better that Trent not be around than to be around and negatively influencing my kids spiritually. Yes, I have thought all of these things. Oh, great. <laughs> well, you want those to be honest. No, yeah, we want honesty. Um, so when you first started going through this um, and when you went on your trip and talked to a lot of different um Points of view. and points of view. Um, my concern was we had seen different people around us, close friends, who had, um, when they went through this process of saying, I don't know if there's a God or I don't know if I believe in this system or I don't know if I, um, you know, what I believe anymore, they had totally altered their lifestyles so significantly that almost everything they stood for no longer existed. And I saw the effect it had on their marriage, their children, their family, their other relationships. And that scared me. So I was placed in a holding pattern kind of like, well, we're going to assess what's going on. No, um, it scared me because I thought if you start down this road, where are you going to be? Are you going to be the man I married? Are you going to be someone completely different who has a completely different value system? Um, and what's that going to mean for our children? So these are all huge concerns for me. And I remember at one point where you and I um, were out having a dinner together and part of the dessert involved some alcohol. And you said, which you had never drank in front of me or that hadn't been a part of our life before. So just quick pause. Yes. Um, so Seventh-day Adventism has very stringent uh, health things, kind of like Mormonism or Islam, where the general trajectory is streng verboten. <laughs> the general um, trajectory is that scripture points to those who get drunk and things as being foolish and that it's good to avoid that. So it's the not... The danger, though, is that culturally it gets 
embraced as yeah. a sin and a big stigma right. and it becomes a whole different thing right though. so and, i i am of the opinion of stating that it is my view and scripture seems to go along with this that um avoiding alcohol is a better way of keeping your mind fresh and alert and making healthy decisions and not putting yourself in a position where you would compromise yourself and um, i've just grown up that way and i'm really cheap and alcohol is expensive so i've just kind of continued to refrain from because i for the one only i know reason that you're not drinking is because it's expensive well it's one of the reasons <laughs> i'm a very cheap man but okay that's ridiculous right but i know it would make you <laughs> extremely uncomfortable sure. i know it would hurt my parents feelings and okay. your dad would probably try and kill me when i was asleep or I something don't i don't think know. so but <laughs> <laughs> so my 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 understanding is that or my feeling is that because of the way we were raised and our understanding of alcohol being frowned on as a normal way of life or a normal way of um, consumption, drinking, partying, whatever, that we just avoided alcohol. And the friends of ours that had thrown everything out and started into alcohol had also started into a lot of other activities that I felt were unhealthy mentally. So it was a slippery slope kind of right. thing and my, that you observed. And my thought of, is huh. when you're going to take alcohol you're not just like, oh, I understand that alcohol can be bad and I don't want to get drunk and it's oh, not a healthy thing. Oh, so in thing. that moment, you saw me like, here's, yes. he's sitting down at the top of the slide and yes, starting, he's to starting to move make himself a, like, forward. A statement here of, I'm not going to believe in this and so I'm also changing my lifestyle. And so I, remember I saw it as a rejection and... of like, I don't believe in the system and I'm going to start throwing out all the things that are part of that system and I thought, oh, where's this going to end up? And so it was this huge like, threat yeah. all of a sudden so you looked up at the waitress and you said yeah i'll take the madeira wine with my baked apricot fig that sounds wonderful <laughs> and you just, <laughs> you just made us sound real <laughs> snooty you know that right okay we were out on our anniversary for a special dinner so no okay sorry anyway that was the it was a seven course meal which was the first time we've okay, ever done okay. something that nice and it was a beautiful event so anyway you were going to have them bring that out, and I saw that as a symptom or a sign, I guess, yeah, of the of a, symptom a of rejection of, of oh, here we our go. faith. Yeah, this is the beginning. And, um, and having seen all the difficulties that our very close friends were going through with also similar changes in lifestyle. So that was huge to me, and I just remember looking at you and just freezing and saying, oh, no. And I was like, are you really going to do that? And you're like, what's wrong? I'm like, seriously? <laughs> See, to me, in my mind, I'm thinking cough syrup. What's the big deal? It's the same. It's, I'm, I'm approaching it more logically and okay, just kind so of like. Hey. When you say that I'm approaching it more logically, assumes well, that my yeah, thought I'm process sorry, is not logical. So I right. don't appreciate that statement. Well, you, it was an emotional moment for you that it, uh, you had seen someone else. It was a cause and a effect moment way. for me. Right. And it was a very emotional moment because of other patterns of behavior that you had observed yeah. and heard about. And you figured, oh, yeah, here it is. Here's the first step with him. Yeah. And he's going to be... He's going down a different road He's going to be I dancing am. on the bar topless soon. Well, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, that was I extremely difficult off? for me. And you <laughs> were like, what's wrong? And, and I didn't want to talk about it because it was, it was a very emotional, like, charged moment for me. And, um, yeah, it just rep it represented you altering the path of our family to me. Yeah. So 
to get back to the original question though, what, when you have, you know, a situation where there's a husband and wife and one of them lose their faith yeah. in a very regimented, strong, you yeah. know, cultural religion. Yeah. You know, if, if we were Mormon and mm-hmm. I lost my faith, you'd be out of luck. I, That's the deal. Okay. And, you know, and so in those situations, it's, it's an extremely high likelihood that like, well, if I if, knew. in your deconstruction of your faith, my suggestion would be for the sake of your spouse to not totally throw your entire lifestyle out as you deconstruct your faith, to throw everything away, every belief that you've held together um, would be difficult for the spouse. I'm not, I'm saying if you don't want to go to church, you don't want to go to prayer meeting, you don't want to go to choir anymore, you know, that's, that's that. But to say... I show up for potluck for free food occasionally. Because I like talking to people about things and challenging them and being challenged. Yeah. But I would say if you're going through that system for, if you have grown up not drinking or not going out to the bars on Friday nights or not spending a lot of time with members of the opposite sex to guard your marriage or to um, take a day where you mark that as the family spiritual day or to uh, hold reverent certain times or certain traditions that you don't just throw all that out or reject that or do it with anger or insist that the spouse has to come along with you or to insist that the children are Mm. no longer going to partake in those activities to respect also if you want to be respected through your spiritual journey I think it's important to respect your spouse that they are on their journey as well. And that if you married with a certain understanding agreement of how you're going to raise your children, you know, that you work through that together. I mean, the other side of it is what if we married and we were atheists and then all of a sudden I became a strong Christian and was like, look, um, we're not going out on Friday night anymore. We're not drinking anymore. We're not eating bacon anymore. It's not, it's not even all about throw all this stuff at you. It's not even about all these, you know, somewhat trite kind of things. It's it's like all of a sudden, if you're sharing, if you were both like hardline or atheists and all of a sudden someone believes in Bozo the clown yeah, and well, the frog start, god, you start, all of a like, if whoa. If I start <laughs> preaching to all your friends and trying to get them to be, become <laughs> Christians, be and if I start standing up and giving sermons and little sermonettes, and if I start, you know, that's that's not respecting our, um, re- our each of our individual journeys. So if we were both, like I said, like hard atheists, and all of a sudden I became a Christian, and then I was like, I'm going to start yeah. taking the kids out of public school and taking them to the choir every Tuesday night and Bible, you know, like if I started making all these changes in our life all of a sudden without, you know, doing that with you, that would be extremely difficult. Right. So whichever side you're coming at it from, um, recognizing that you want to respect the other person's journey as well. It's not your job to save them from whatever, whatever system they're in or whatever belief they're in. Um, it's simply, to respect them in their journey. It it sounds like you're saying respect, yep. moderation. Yep. Take your time. Yep. Don't do any of this fast because no. this, you know, you bend, don't break. Yeah. Um, um, and, and I would imagine the, you know, the more hardliner atheist or the more hardliner uh, religious you might be as you go through a change, it would be that much more difficult just because of having such an extreme 
position on one side or the other is going to make it that much harder. I respect your right to free thought. I respect your right to a spiritual journey. I respect your right to question what you believe. I think those are all extremely important. And I want to give you the freedom to do that. And I would also like the freedom to believe the way I like. And to search my heart the way and when I feel comfortable doing that. Um, I would think uh, relationally and personally this would be more difficult for you than for me. I think that because when I see you go through something that I don't really know where it's leading yeah it really freaks me out and I'm extremely worried for you yeah and uh, I would imagine that you have the same feeling in that way I, I don't think that actually I think that I'm more apt to let you go through your experience or to give you the freedom I think you seem to sometimes merge us more in that I need to follow you or you need to follow me or we need to have the same think or the same thoughts on things. And mm. I'm much more like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, yeah. saying like, I want to have my own thoughts and I'm certainly not going to try to make you do that. Cause I don't want you to do that to me. Yeah. Um, I, that's something I don't quite understand about myself completely yet where I, I highly, highly identify with those that I'm close to. And I think it, you know, in a relationship, it can, cause probably control issues and, yeah. and stuff that I probably approach it more that way. I think and the one comment we have kind of speaks to that that okay. we'll get to at the end. It's very oh, exciting. Exciting. <laughs> um, let's see. I mean, from a story side of it, in a husband and wife relationship, um, there are certain things that, you know, when you go through life, I think if you have a general respect for each other and a general respect of free thought... Um, that's great. The difficulty comes when you're sharing children. Mm -hmm. And that's been my greatest area of um, concern in concern, this. protective because, nature, mama you know, bear. Our kids are like, you know, six years old, and Simon is saying. It's kind of his lead question with yeah. people. It's like, do <laughs> you, you believe in God? Do you or? believe in God? Are you an evolutionist? Are you, um, do you believe in the Big Bang? Do you believe, you know, he's questioning all these things when he was six years old. And kids are very literal at that age. And um, I think I've been pretty respectful, though, no, about you, your you, position and you what have, you want. Which them. is why I'm not as concerned, but it's still, he's being exposed to all of our conversations, to all of your phone conversations, to a lot of the um, work you've put into videos and podcasts and stuff. He hears, he overhears you working on those things in the house. He is a sponge. So, um, it's still to be seen what effect that will have on them. Um, but I remember him saying to you once, Daddy, just choose, just choose. You know, so it almost seemed like it was a little bit of a concern for him. Yeah, I that worry we that we were going through these things. Like, I worry that it's stressing him out that, you know, I, he, uh, I think he's, very literal he takes after you a little more well, so I think in his at thinking, that age I all think. children are literal yeah um and i worry that this is stressful for them but i i personally i don't know how to deal with i can't i definitely can't fake it uh 
for them, I think they'd see right through that. I don't, I don't think you should fake it. I, I appreciate that you say when I'm taking them to church, daddy's going to stay here and read and, and think about what I feel about spirituality or things like that. You still show them that you are spending time searching those things out. It's, it's not like you have just left all sense of or desire for anything to do with God. You're searching which I think is fine for them to see because they'll go on a journey someday, I hope. And I don't know where that will lead, but I want them to know that their family loves them despite the journey that they're going on and that we love and accept them um, as our children, just as God loves and accepts them as our children, accepts us as his children, whether or not we are following his best will for our life, as, as far yeah. as I believe anyway. You know, I'm thinking that anytime we have a disagreement, we should just do it on a podcast because this is so productive and civil <laughs> and like, very nice. We <laughs> never disagree, dear. No. No. Not <laughs> at all. Um, what choices did you make? How did you decide to deal with the fears that you had that arose through this, like primarily with, with the kids? And yep. um, was it a conscious decision of, all right, we're, we're going to put Trent in a holding pattern and see if he starts to do a downward, downward spiral, in which case then we will have to, or was it, what, what was it? Um, put Trent in a holding pattern. Well, I mean, if the situation were reversed and you, you know, went off the rails mm -hmm. and, you know, I, I, I have not gone off the rails um, philosophically, I'm Questioning. moving everything around and yeah. I'm trying to keep it in that realm. Yeah. And I'm trying to not do any life changes that would be drastic, that would be upsetting to you or the children. Sure. Uh, Thank that, you. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, but if the situation were reversed and you went off the rails and you were like topless on the bar every Friday night going for it and coming home drunk and like, like if you went off the rails, I, I mean, I... I would definitely at least remove my kids from that situation, you know? I've thought about that. So, like, when you're thinking had, about it, how... I've had Christian friends come to me and say, how are you doing this? How are you dealing with this? How can you stand it? Um, and, again, I would say that my... If I feel that my children are in danger, I am extremely protective of them. Really? And I have taken you to task if I feel concerned <laughs> that you are in any way emotionally being inconsiderate of their tender feelings. Which um, I can be. I don't hesitate to let you know that I'm no. concerned about that and you have respected my concerns. So you're asking me like if I didn't and I just did whatever I wanted and if I took the kids well, with I'm, me. Well, I'm asking more like what was your... What was your assessment and plan of, okay, Trent is, Trent is distancing himself from Adventism yeah. and reconsidering his position on spirituality. Yeah. What do I do? I am okay to let you go through that journey as long as you respect the way that we agreed to raise our kids. Well, that's... If, I, mean, I don't have to answer the question about what would I do if you didn't. You're not. <laughs> I already know. <laughs> <what>. <laughs> <laughs> be out mister no I just any I mean if you were 
I mean, I don't know what you'd have to do for me to, like, you have not crossed the line. So I guess there's no, <laughs> no way to, for me to go there yet of where I would say, okay, you are, if you were to tell me you can't homeschool the kids anymore, you can't take them to church anymore, you can't read the Bible to them, you can't share with them your faith anymore, then we'd have problems. <laughs> in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, we're moving to Waco next week. Waco. Yes, that's another good story, isn't it? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious, though. Like, you, while you've challenged me and what I believe, you have not insisted that I go with you or that you take the children away from what we agreed on. So I think that's important and that's key for anybody who's going through this situation. I think it's important to be honest with your family and your kids and let them, look, I'm struggling. Great. Great, but good to be it's, honest. It is because you can't just go through life without your belief systems ever being challenged. They're going to be challenged at some point. Why not do it within the love of your family and community who cares for you? Whether. And I do have to say that you, your parents, your, your brothers, my parents, I, I, your sister, your brother-in-law, they're, they're prolific brunch. <laughs> um, no one has been, uh, openly directly to me, uh, condescending or no. disapproving. Mm -mm. And, and I've always appreciated, especially being able to talk with your brothers about stuff. They're very open and, and honest and intelligent guys willing to talk about things. And I've really appreciated that. Um, I can't imagine what it would be like for someone to go through this um, loss. Because personally, it, it's it's like the rugs pulled out from underneath you and there's only the black abyss of the entire universe under you all of a sudden. If you go from, Belief yeah, to, I know everything, yeah. to what do I mean? Mm -hmm. it, that's emotionally an extremely difficult thing. And to go through that and to not be able to deny it and lose the support of your family it would be an extremely destructive process. And uh, I mean, Simon and Grayson had that conversation with that kid on the beach in California that you yeah. were talking about. And it sounds like that's what he went through, just yep. questioning. And then the family's like, beat it, mister. You're out. And Well, he said something to Simon. Simon asked him, do you believe in evolution? And he said, well, I think I do believe in the science of evolution. And... So Simon asked him many questions and then Simon said to him, I don't think my mom would be, I think my mom would be mad about that. <laughs> and he says, well, you don't have to tell your mom if you don't want to. This is a 17 year old kid, you know? Yep. So Simon comes up to me and says, mom, we were having a discussion, but he said, I probably shouldn't tell you cause you'll be mad. No. And I, because, because of, and I said, well, Simon, I said, if you are in trouble or someone else is in trouble and you need to discuss something with me, you know, you're always available to do that. But if you had a discussion with a friend that doesn't affect me or you and you want to keep that personal, I'm okay with that. And I said, but if you want to tell me, I'm okay to listen too. And he said, well, he believes in evolution. And I told him that you would be upset. And he said not to say it because his family doesn't talk to him anymore because he doesn't believe the way they do. And mm. I said, well, why don't we go talk to him? And so we went and talked to him. And it was just beautiful that Simon wanted to share and wanted to go through this, but this, this young man had felt the loss of his family for a belief system. I never want our children to, to feel that way. I believe that God gives us free thought 
and free will and that we need to raise our children in a way that instills a value of respect for other people's thought and free will. Um, so I'm fine with my children someday going through a faith journey, saying, what do I believe in why? And I want them to know that that's an important journey to go through and to know why you believe what you believe. And I want them to have seen you go through that and me support you in that. You're a remarkable person, Amber. I mean that genuinely. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, I've gone through the journey too. And I think that putting my faith in God and knowing that he loves you even more than I do and that he loves our boys even more than I do and that in my faith system, he gave up everything to come down to this earth while I was still a sinner and loved me gives me great faith that he loves you and our children and desires your best and that he walks with me in this journey. So I'm okay with it. How do you feel this has affected our relationship? Well, there is general marriage <laughs> difficulties. <laughs> There's nope, um, faith difficulties. I would say that any issue in marriage, whether it's money or spirituality or um, how we spend our weekends or whose job is to do which activity or anything in marriage um, just comes down to understanding each other's expectations, understanding each other's families that you came from, being able to communicate in a loving way. There are many points of joy and conflict. In yeah. Marriage. So I, I wouldn't say that this is, this is a big deal because in my opinion, the end result has huge implications. If you, in my opinion, accept God as your savior, we'll see each other again in the afterlife. I hope there's a God in an afterlife. And I don't think he's so trite to be like, well, no. you're done. And I, I mean, why listen, is Thomas in the Bible that doubting Thomas? I I'm, mean, he's a materialist. Okay. God is okay with people questioning in my I opinion. I'm, I'm just saying, I, I think, I'm I think he's with you in this. He's with you in this journey and he loves you more than anything. So I'm, I'm okay with that. And I have that, that, that faith. Um, as far as marriage and this being difficulty, the difficulty is that I would like to know that you have chosen God as your savior and that he guides your life and walks with you. And I would like our children to make that choice because family is very important to me and strong connections are very important to me. And I desire your best. See, I, I absolutely, if there is a God that's all good mm -hmm. and the progenitor of us, absolutely. I'm on board. I just, at this point, um, do not have sufficient evidence yeah. in, in my, and you're asking. In, in how I make decisions. Now, that being said, I know that there is the ability to know things subjectively through relationship and everything else that I'm not the most highly skilled at. And I need to develop that and see if there is something beyond what we can know objectively 
that I can interact with and know. And I'm completely open to that, and I hope it's there. But in that same breath, I know that wanting it sets me up for self-deception and bias if I'm not extremely careful. But that same thinking ahead that I'm doing right there, I think has saved my marriage. Because I did the same thing when I started questioning God and assessing what are the pitfalls here. And if I had gone off the rails, we all know that you wouldn't keep your kids around that. And I wouldn't have either. Um, And I also knew that if I went too far the other way, you're stuck with the poverty of an objectivist point of view that leaves so many things out. So to, to calm your fears a bit, I'm completely opening and I choose God. I just would like him to, you know, kind of speak up. That's all. Okay. (laughs) Well, you asked how this affected. In an undeniable way. In an undeniable way. You asked how this, how your faith experience has affected our marriage. Um, I think that. It's affected me as a person more than my relationship with you. No. Um, I'm okay with, I guess I'm okay, I don't know what to say on my own, but I'm okay journeying with God at my side along with you in your journey. It's, it's not, it's my experience is independent of you. Yeah. I Again, I think there's that difference between us. I think it would be far harder for me to watch you go through what I'm going through. I would, I would be freaking out, I think. Yeah. Whereas you seem to be a little bit more like... Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not indifferent to your... I know, but it, it's just, kind of like Simon. I'm when just you, not you know, going to like harass you every day. Like, you need to come to church with us. You need to come to church with us. Why aren't yeah, you reading I your Bible? Probably Why aren't you praying? You. What are you doing? How are you figuring this out? Get on with it. Like... Like, I'm allowing you to go through it at your pace on your journey. And I would hope that you would do the same for me. Well, you can always hope. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I'd like to give you the respect for your journey. And you have, and I I really appreciate that. And I, I wish I knew I would have been as good as you at it. But I think I know that I'm just not as good of a person as you in that way. I don't know. I'm, I'm more, I'm, I tend towards controlling tendencies. So that's hard. I am yeah. extremely adverse to being controlled. Well, I know. <laughs> and especially well, my out. thought. It's okay. <laughs> so if, if, and this happened early in our marriage, you did take the position of the spiritual leader in our home by telling me when I had to have worship and when I had to I pray. I wasn't <laughs> telling you when you had to. I and was what just I had trying to, do. to get us to have worship together. And you were like, no, I'm like, going to do it on my own terms. Yeah. So that was difficult for me. Like, I'm not going to be told how to believe or how to worship or how to have a faith with God. Yeah. And I, all that does to me is make me dig in and push the other way. I know. So, so. if you weren't like that, we never would have even gotten married. And I know you hate this example, but, you know, I... <laughs> what are you about to say? Taco. <laughs> oh. Like, 
some people that we know have this dog that's completely worthless. Like it's just a lump of fur. It doesn't talk back. It doesn't disagree with you. It just, it doesn't listen, nothing. It's just like, meh. And like the dog that we chose, the one that I found on Craigslist or whatever, there wasn't even Craigslist back then though. But like I wanted in my life, the things that I interact with, the other forms of consciousness that I interact with, I wanted things that were far more strong-willed for some reason. And it's such a demeaning relation, I know, but it's like our dog Taco is is personality-wise very similar to Amber. I, I don't appreciate that I know you don't, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's funny because like you are incredibly strong-willed, incredibly independent, and you give me a ton of space and you know that i think that's what i needed in my life from a you know a spouse and a soulmate and it's proven to serve our relationship really well or the you know continuance of our relationship really well that you're not that overbearing over controlling I'm going to get in there and, and make you see this my way and straighten this all out because mm. I would I would probably respond kind of like Taco too. It's, it's not my position to help you think, in my opinion. But you do have to have discussions and challenge each other. Yeah. I mean, especially with kids because what values are thinking are we going to pass on to them? Well, not as much that, but I mean in between you and I, like mm. actually... You sure you think that? Why do you think that? But have you considered this? And I and think you and I have had good discussions on sometimes pretty much anything. My opinion of of how you verbalize your thoughts, or I just I like to be careful with respect. I'm a huge respect is a huge thing for me, um, and if I don't feel like you're respecting someone, sometimes then that might bring out my desire. And I don't think you're intentionally trying to disrespect something or someone, but sometimes I think that brings out my like desire to converse with you on a particular topic. Like I'm fine with you thinking differently as long as you respect others in there or understand that not everyone was raised the same way or has the same education or has the same understanding or have had the same experiences and being able to give them leeway for that. So. Um, you kind of answered that question already. Um, from your perspective, what uh, your observation of what I've done mm -hmm. uh, or how I've handled myself in this process sure. that you would say, all right, here's commendable things that, all right, Trent, you did this right. You did this well. I would recommend this to other people going through the same process. And Trent, here's some things that you might could, it's not your nature to be critical, but I'm asking you to say, here's a couple things, you know, that in your process, you maybe could have done a little better as well. Um, I really appreciate that you have spent a lot of time seeking wisdom from many counselors. You have talked to a lot of different faiths, a lot of different um, world views, um, a lot of different positions to gather information in your search. I appreciate that. Um, my only... I guess criticism or constructive feedback perhaps is that 
and I've said this to you, stop looking for the dumb gene. Like you seem to feel that people who don't think sometimes or or question the same way you do are not as intelligent. Um, I've gotten that kind of consistently from people. Yeah, and I would say that just because someone isn't at the same place in their journey as you or hasn't asked the same questions as you or perhaps um, is comfortable in what they believe without having to search every single corner of the universe for before they make a decision or before they feel like they... Not that I'm saying you're doing that, I'm just saying... Isn't there a Bible verse about like going all out is there i'm not a memorizer (laughs) something about if you're gonna do it do it right fool you know um hmm. it's not a direct (laughs) translation translation from proverbs or something yeah but do all to the glory of god yeah i that is so that's my only thought is that you don't um downplay others intelligence because they're not in the same yeah, position no, as you. Yeah. Let me respond to the to the criticism. I, I I do not think it is unfounded. I think you're right in that um, there's a degree of it's not self-loathing, but you feel like when when you start to lose faith, you feel like you've been fooled. And there's a resentment towards yourself and your previous um, state of mind, your previous things that you believed that you're that are they not true you get kind of angry about Mm -hmm. it and you get mad at yourself and then you transfer those feelings onto other people that in conversations that you're like that that you you don't want them to be as foolish as you were and i'm not saying that is the situation but in the emotional experience of that process that can happen and it's it's very difficult to not have that chip on your shoulder and to respond to it all the time and then to uh, project that onto other people. And I've had to, you have to come from a place of healed scars rather than open wounds. Someone said that and and it's pretty good. And I understand that. And I'm able to deflect it, walk along beside you understanding that some of this is an emotional response for you and some of this is um, a reaction to how you felt or how you thought. And I understand that too. And I'm able to pass along beside you without taking that personally. Um, But what I do take personally is the idea that if um, somebody has come to a position, it means they have not thought about it or that they are not as intelligent or that they are just ignorantly sitting in a position without having ever questioned it. Um, or if they're comfortable with their belief that that somehow denotes ignorance in any way. Um, or, and this is pretty typical, the whole like, well, all these very intelligent people are atheists or all these very intelligent people are Christians or all these very intelligent people are naturalists or I, I don't think that you can say, okay, let's tally up everyone's IQ and whoever's the smartest, what they believe is right. Okay. Um, that's that's my yeah. One there's complaint. different forms of intelligence for sure, and I lack social relationship and emotional intelligence. Uh, it's would, not my strong point. I let's say, say you lack in t- 
intelligence. <laughs> well, I just I don't did. like to hear you say that about well, yourself. I, it's just how I operate that I... I might if I find I'm deficient in some way, that's kind of exciting to me that, oh, I get to work on something and get better. It's, it's, I'm weird. I get that. <laughs> and, and oftentimes, I inappropriately like take that same approach with other people as you unfortunately have experienced. But we're over that. I'm not doing that anymore. No, no. No. Um, but yeah, that, so that, that's that is That's my only thought feedback. is just recognizing that you're not the only one who's ever gone on this journey and maybe yeah. someone else will go on in the future or has in the past or that those who believe in the evolutionary science are somehow more intelligent or less fooled than someone who has chosen to subscribe to the Christian faith. Gently and respectfully um, discussing your points and sharing, I think, is just the best thing that people can do. And that's my whole goal with everything that I'm doing here is to try and get people to not give up their beliefs or their faith, but to just more peacefully and productively communicate and to relate and to empathize with each other. I think that's, if you come from an atheistic perspective, that's the best thing you can hope for, for this world. And if you come from a Christian perspective, I think that's what the Bible wants us to do in its better parts, that's what it wants us to do. Um, I think so. convincing someone to challenge their beliefs because it's not socially cool or it appears ignorant or, you know, like when you say to someone, hey, what do you believe and why do you believe it? To have no other desire to then to share your your sales pitch. Yeah, then to just enjoy, you know, relationship and communion with another human being and not this desire to use fear or shaming or lack of intelligence or a some some type of well, if you're not questioning the way I am, you're not as high on this scale yeah, I mean, that I've this human scale that I've developed is is the only the concern. the belief version of that is that guy that you showed me that goes around with a camera and just attacks like college students and puts the mic in their face and does these quippy things for the creationist cause and then like it's just like a a, a blast like just and it's it to me is just like when i saw those it was very offensive to me because it's it's not like he's he's coming with this he's got this game plan already and these questions that he can use to trap people and then slap them with on camera and like, I'm right, see you later. And it yeah, but even that, you must <coughs> understand that that's where he is in his journey right now. Like you, Right, but to say that maybe I'm at a place where I'm angry and I'm out trying okay. to rip faith away from other people, that's, it's just not... I think there there's some common agreeance that, that you need... There's a healthy way of going through yes, this. Yes, definitely unhealthy way of discourse and a sure. healthy way of discourse. I agree with you completely. We have a quote to go over from... <laughs> right, let's hear it. From, from an actual friend. I'll leave the friend nameless. Uh, okay. They direct messaged me uh, this. And it's, it's interesting because it applies to a lot of what we've been talking about. Um, and it's, it's both good and sounds not bad, but uh, pessimistic at the same time okay. but um, this friend said 
I had a friend who never ended up marrying because whoever she was dating ultimately disappointed her in some way. I quoted Joseph Conrad to her, you live as you dream, alone. Which seems cynical, but it's not. There's a fine line in being able to understand another person and just simply enjoy them for who they are. Not having expect expectations for how another person should act is liberating. In my marriage, I try to enjoy my wife for who she is, not who I wish she was. We do have certain expectations, but they involve things like yard work and cleaning and taking the kids to wherever, but I would call those duties more like administrative household functions. Oh well, good luck interviewing your wife. That's beautiful. I How do you feel it. about that quote? You live as you dream, alone. very loose phrase it's difficult for me but when you're in a marriage you can't necessarily just live and let live because you live together and you have to make choices together and and um, administer together but it's true like people are never gonna always be perfect and they're always going to make decisions that you don't agree with and they're always going to do actions that you won't always agree with um, but to not have the expectation of perfection or a desire to fit into a box and to appreciate each other's company and the joy of fellowship in marriage is a beautiful thing. Well, Amber, <laughs> I really appreciate you coming on here and sharing uh, all this personal stuff. I know it's hard for you, but I really appreciate, I think, other people who uh, either have a spouse going through this or themselves are going through it, hopefully will hear this and take a little heed to maybe slow down yeah. not blow everything up, mm -hmm. not throw the baby out with the bathwater, uh, and just breathe a little more and act a little less and just take it slow, hopefully. And, uh, I love you. Keep their lives and together. And I am, I am proud I of you, you for too. your journey. Should and we shake on that? Why are we shaking? So you love each other. <laughs> <laughs> Let's shake on it. <laughs> I like social awkwardness. It's funny. Well, anyways, thank you so much for coming on and sharing. Sure. Uh, I am so incredibly lucky, lucky to be sharing life with you. I really appreciate you. Intelligent, wonderful person. Thank you, love. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Thanks for watching. And if you know people who can benefit from us keeping this on the tracks, we have not been perfect, I of most, but we have been able to go through this process and keep our family together. And that's a really valuable thing. Maybe you can find something out of that if you're going through this process. And let us know if you have any further questions. Um, we'd be happy to answer. I would be happy to answer them. And I might be able to convince her to answer them on the fly. We'll see. And thanks so much. Thank you.